Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. After Jesus had observed the Passover meal with his disciples and Judas Iscariot left to betray him, Jesus continued teaching his disciples. Several of Jesus' most recognized teachings happen in the upper room following the Passover. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus seeks to comfort and encourage the disciples. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 14 and study Jesus Prepares a Place. And as we prepare for our study, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love that is expressed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And prior to that, in sending him into the world, at which time the angels cried out, they sang, they heralded, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's always been your desire to have peace with your creation. It's your creation's rebellion against you that has caused our problem. But we thank you that Jesus is the solution. Literally, faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross and his death, burial, and then his resurrection. We thank you for the promised return of Christ. And as we look back on his first coming, we anticipate his second. Thank you for the promises that we have and the guarantee of those promises in the presence of your indwelling Holy Spirit. Guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Looking at John chapter 14, let's begin in verse 1. Jesus, speaking to his disciples in the upper room after the Passover, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is encouraging his disciples. He's trying to strengthen them. No doubt things were getting disturbing. He just said one of them was going to betray, and then Judas was dismissed. Jesus had washed their feet. Things may have felt out of sorts. As the weight of the evening was beginning to descend on the disciples, as they were becoming fatigued, and Jesus tells them, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus wasn't saying that no believer, no follower of his should ever be troubled. We're told at the raising of Lazarus from the dead that prior to raising Lazarus, Jesus's heart was troubled. But Jesus was trying to encourage them. He was encouraging them to believe. He says that in verse 1. You believe in God. You trust in God. Trust also in me. This is huge because not only is Jesus calling his disciples to trust in him, he is equating himself with God. Have the same faith in me that you have in God. Why? Because I am God. And I've come to do God's will. Look at verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. At least that's what the New King James says. The word mansions there has been misunderstood over the years. It literally means dwellings, living places. In my father's house are many dwellings. It doesn't mean that we're going to have huge homes with palatial properties. That's not what the Bible is teaching at all. There are going to be many dwelling places in the father's house. Dwelling places for sure in the Father's house are going to be grander and better than anything we can have here. But they're simply dwellings, and there are many of them. Praise the Lord that many are going to inhabit the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, if this were not so, 
I would have told you. Jesus clearly says that they can count on these things. They can believe in God, they can believe in him, and they can believe in what he's telling them about the Father's house. He goes on and says, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus isn't a carpenter who's going to go up in heaven and pull out his hammer and saw and some nails and stretch out his tape measure and start preparing houses. That's not what's happening. The preparation Jesus is making is by going to the cross, atoning for sins, dying, and resurrecting from the grave in order that we are prepared and heaven is prepared for us. If Jesus is not raised, then our faith is vain. Jesus' activity here and his activities in the future, in coming back and doing the will of God and opening up the seals of the scroll, that's a part of his preparing a place for us. He is going to make heaven ready by bringing peace on earth and peace in heaven between all of God's creation, including the fallen angels, and he is going to do what's necessary to reconcile us. That's what he's doing. He is preparing a place. His going is to the cross. His going is ascending into heaven. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Jesus has promised to return. Now, we may not think of it this way, but Jesus is going to return from the dead. He's going to go and he's going to return from the dead. He's going to resurrect, but he's also going to ascend into heaven. And he's going to return from heaven and receive his followers to himself. He's going to come again and receive us to himself. Why? That where he is, there you may be also. Praise the Lord for this. We get to be with Jesus. We get to go to the place where Jesus is. The Bible is clear, especially in Revelation and several passages in the New Testament, that God desires to be in our presence. He wants us to be in his presence. Jesus wants us to see him in his glorified state as he has become victorious. He wants us to witness that as his followers and to share in that. And he's coming back to get us for that very purpose. And then verse four says, and where I go, you know, in the way you know, you know where I'm going and you know the path I must follow to get there. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how can we know the way? Jesus had told them he's going to the cross. Jesus had told them that he must follow this path, becoming the sanctifier, the savior, the atoner for sin. And they hadn't gotten it yet. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know what's going on. We don't know where you're going. Probably thinking about heaven. But there was a cross prior to heaven. In verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's our answer, isn't it? Lord, what's the way to the place where you're going? What's the path to that place that you say we know? Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the path. You can't get to the Father except through me. And the Father is the place I'm going to. I'm going to the Father, and on the way to the Father, the path takes me through Golgotha, the grave, and resurrection. I am the way. I'm the path. I am also the truth. You can believe what I'm saying. You can believe all that I'm saying. You have been washed clean by the word that I've spoken to you. And I am the life. There is no life apart from Jesus Christ. 
even for believers, there's no true living apart from living in faith through Jesus Christ. And the most dramatic statement of all is, no one comes to the Father except through me. Any religion, any path to eternal life, or any destination after death, if it doesn't go through Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, it's not going to end well. Please remember, every single human being is going to exist forever. Followers of Jesus Christ are going to live forever in heaven with Jesus. Those who do not follow Jesus are going to exist forever in eternal torment and spiritual death in hell. These are the facts. There are no other alternatives, and there are no other paths to heaven, to the Father, except through Jesus. So unless the Jew accepts Jesus as Messiah and Savior, repents and follows him, they will not go to heaven. Unless the Muslim trusts in Jesus Christ by faith, repents of their sin, they will not go to heaven. The Catholic, the Baptist, the Lutheran, it doesn't matter. Every single person, regardless of their creed or religion or faith system, must trust in Christ in order to come to the Father. He's the only path and we need to know that. You might say, Pastor, that's fairly narrow. (laughs) How come you think your way is the only way? It's not my way. It's the way God has laid out for us. It's his way, and Jesus is the path. Jesus is the means. Apart from Christ, we have no hope. Apart from the cross, we have nothing to boast in. Thank the Lord for his grace, mercy, for the gospel that points us to Christ. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. But God has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord for this. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these encouragements. Thank you for the the truth, the clear truth, the simple truth that is conveyed in them. Help us, Father, to not only believe, but to encourage others to believe this truth, or it will not end well. Father, give us more faith and boldness as we seek to live out these truths, this gospel message, this Christian life that you've called us to, and give us boldness and faith to encourage others. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.